Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When we give, we're giving ownership to God where it belongs. We're saying to the Lord, I am the owner of nothing. You are the owner of everything. I am the steward of everything that you've given me. It all belongs to you. By the way, thank you for letting me keep 90%. I could really use it this month. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. Have you been hesitant to give out of fear that you won't have enough money left over? Scripture is clear that if you give faithfully to the Lord's work, He will supply all your needs and bless you for it. Listen to Pastor J.D. today as he teaches many biblical truths about the topic of giving in the church. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message. To hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast, subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. They gave out of their abundance... But she, as Jesus commends her and takes notice of her, and get this, would deem it necessary that it would rise to the level of including it in the pages of Holy Writ, so that all of these generations later, we would be talking about her today. How about that? She gave out of her poverty. She gave all all that she had. Reminds me of the true story. When the offering plate was being passed around, this is in a third world country, my memory doesn't serve me correctly, it never does. And it came to this one guy, and he says, would you please lower the the plate? So they lower the plate. Now, can you lower it more? So they lower it more. Can you just put it on the ground? So they put it on the ground. And he steps into the plate. He says, this is all I have. I find it interesting that after talking about contentment, Paul would tell them, well done. You've done well. It was good of you to give. And what's even more interesting is that in their giving they were also, Paul says, sharing in his troubles. Now the reason that's interesting is because of this word in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It's the Greek word philipsis. Here's what philipsis meant. It meant a crushing weight on your chest that they would place, usually in the form of a large stone, So that when you breathed in, you could not, I mean, when you breathed out, it would compress and you could not breathe back in. It was a crushing weight. And this is the word that Paul uses to describe his difficulties, his crushless, crushing, breathless pressure that he experienced. And Where were these other churches? Only the Philippian church. Only the Christians there in Philippi 
were the ones that supported Paul, that were there for Paul during these crushing difficulties and trials. And they did so cheerfully, more than once by the way, as we just read and as we're going to talk about. They did so cheerfully and joyfully. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in his second epistle, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know what that Greek word is for cheerful? It's hilarious, or where we get our English word hilarious. It's not hilarious, it's hilarious something. Anyway, you can look it up. That's where we get our word, our English word hilarious. With such cheer, such joy, such delight in our giving. You know, we talk about how some people can be compulsive spenders. Well, God doesn't want us to be compulsive givers. I've heard it said this way, and I agree. If you feel like you have to give, don't give. (laughs) I mean, come on, let's be honest. God doesn't need it, right? Now, you wouldn't believe that or think that if you listen to these guys on TV. You would think that God is going broke. And if this is going to stay on the air, you need to give today. Give till it hurts. No, that's compulsion. God does not love that giver. And God does not need that gift. Here's the thing. It's not that God needs us to give, it's that we need to give. That's the way God made us. That's the way God wired us. Here's the second one. It's in verse 15. And it's that givers are rare. Here, Paul says that of all the churches he had planted, none of them had financially supported him in his ministry. You know what's sad? Over the last 2,000 years, not much has changed. When it comes to Christians who give, not to mention give generously, it's very few. It's very rare. And one need look no further than to the statistics on giving. Here's one. According to a recent Gallup poll, of the 17% of Christians who say they tithe, only 3% actually do. Listen to the top five reasons, according to another survey, that Christians say that they don't give. These are the top five reasons. 38% said they could not afford to. To which I would say, you cannot afford not to. 
I'll never forget the first time I'm a new believer. This is 30, going on 38 years ago. And I heard this teaching about testing the Lord out of, out of Malachi. Test me and see if I will not pour out the windows of heaven, a blessing upon you that will be so abundant, you will not even be able to receive it. If you'll just test me, the only time God says to test him in the tithes and offerings. And by the way, I should probably parenthetically say that I'm going to use giving and tithing interchangeably. I know that this is a debate in the church today. Is tithing New Testament or Old Testament? Is that under the law? I Some say it's pre-law vis-a-vis the high priest Melchizedek. So I don't want to get into that. I'm just going to say what I've learned and practiced over the years, and that I got from Larry Burkett, who's now with the Lord of Christian Financial Concepts. He said this, that tithing is the minimum, 10%. That's the minimum. And it's not so much that you're giving the Lord 10%, it's that He lets you keep 90%. Think about that. It's His money, right? We're to give, as we just read in Second Corinthians, according and proportionate to our income. What if God gave you money proportionate to your tithing? I'll just let that one sink in for a little bit, because I'm just as convicted as anybody else. And by the way, if you really want to get technical about the tithing, the Israelites, their tithe would be over 30%. So you might want to be careful about that. Tithe literally means tenth. Okay. So again, just for purpose of discussion, I'm going to use tithing and giving synonymously. Oh, and I should probably also mention that this is what I was actually talking about before my memory did what it always does. I'll never forget the first time I ever tithed. I I spread out all the bills, and I wanted the first check. This is back in the day. (laughs) I wanted the first check. They print out now. That's if you don't do it online. But anyway, I had a pen and a check. I know that's novel. And I actually wrote the first check as the tithe. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, you said to test you. And I I don't know how 90% is going to go where 100% never went before. But I'm going to try, and I'm going to test you, and I'm going to try you. And so I, and I knew I was going to have to, I knew I couldn't pay all the bills that were in front of me. But I wrote that first check, and I mean, (sighs) was not easy. I was scared to death, but okay. And then, as God is my witness, I kept writing checks. And I paid every single one of those bills and had money left over and went back thinking I had made a mistake in the math. And then God said, don't look at the math. It's in the miracle. And I went from being scared to death to tithe to becoming scared to death not to tithe. It's not a legalism thing for me. I get to do this. It's a get to, not a got to. 
And I've never stopped ever since. And by the way, I've never lacked for anything. Oh, there's been tough times. But God has always provided. When our daughter Noel died, we had medical bills as high as the ceiling. And I remember spreading those medical bills out and saying, Lord, hello. (laughs) I didn't really say it like that. But that was kind of how I felt, like, God, do you see all these bills? And again, as God is my witness, as only He can, I would go out to the mailbox, and there would be this anonymous money order, not a check, a money order for the exact amount of the bill that was in front of me to pay. And every single one of those bills got paid. Only God can do that. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When we give, we're giving ownership to God where it belongs. We're saying to the Lord, I am the owner of nothing. You are the owner of everything. I am the steward of everything that you've given me. It all belongs to you. By the way, thank you for letting me keep 90%. I could really use it this month. So, Back to the survey of why Christians don't give. 38% say they could not afford to. 33% said they had too many debts. 18% said the spouses did not agree on tithing. 15% said they believed in proportionate giving. And 14%, and this is the the last one, and I want to just mention one thing about it. 14% said their bookkeeping and finances were a mess. You think? (laughs) When uh, I was a young believer, I actually became a certified Christian financial concepts counselor for Larry Briquette's ministry. And so at my church, this is many years ago, my pastor would send me the couples that were coming in for financial counseling. And I also taught how to manage your money, how to actually do a budget, and how to manage your finances. And so couples would come in, and I would have a a worksheet that they would fill out. In fact, before you leave, we're going to have every single one of you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So they would have to, you know, basically fill out the line items, how much, you know, approximately estimate on housing, cars, insurance, etc., etc. But the very first line had tithes and offerings, and on that line. So they would have to fill it out. It was a prerequisite before the counseling, and then they would come in. I would sit down. I'd open up that form, and I would look at it, and invariably I would see nothing on that line and then everything else on all the other lines. And I would just, in a very gracious way, I was gracious, I I could always be more gracious, but I would just, in a very gracious and kind and loving, in as much as I was able, say to them, this is your problem. This is your problem. It's what is not on that first line. Because if that first line is right, then all the other lines will fall into place. I promise you on the authority of God's Word, Well, this brings us to our third and last one we'll look at today, and it's a biggie. (laughs) Givers are appreciated. In verse 16, 
Paul expresses his profound appreciation. I mean, he is so grateful to them for their continued and even consistent giving. And interesting, he mentions that it was during the time that he was in Thessalonica. Now that's interesting to me because the question has to be asked, why would Paul bring up the Thessalonian church in his letter to the Philippian church? Is he trying to shame them, the Thessalonians? No, I don't think so. I believe it's because when he was in Thessalonica with the Thessalonians, he experienced unspeakable difficulty and hardship. And who was there to help? The Philippians, when he was in Thessalonica. By the way, didn't we just get done reading about how he was so grateful to them for sending Epaphroditus some 800 miles to him in Rome in prison to bring him support and a care package? You have to understand, in prison in that day, they just sent you there to die. They didn't give you food. That's your problem. You should have thought of that before you got in this place, in the first place. No, you had to have family and friends and loved ones who really cared about you and loved you, bring to you just basic provisions. You want clothes? You want a coat? Oh, is it cold? Tough. You have to have somebody bring you clothes. You have to have somebody bring you food. That's your problem. So that's what the Philippians did. The Philippians were the greatest help to Paul at a time of greatest need for Paul. Think about this. When you've been just at a really low point, perhaps experiencing financial reversal, just a time of need, or you're going through a difficult time. Will you never forget? Will you always remember how that brother or sister in Christ was there for you, a help to you? You'll never forget it. And that's what Paul is saying here. Here's what Charles Spurgeon said about it. He said, probably the gift does not come to very much, if estimated in Roman coin, but he makes a great deal of it and sits down to write a letter of thanks abounding in rich expressions like these. Listen to Adam Clark. This is interesting. While laboring to plant the church there, he was supported partly by working with his hands in 1 Thessalonians 2.9 and 2 Thessalonians 3.7 and 9. He worked and provided for himself because the church could not there in Thessalonica help him. Clark goes on to say, and partly by the contributions sent him from Philippi, even the Thessalonians had contributed little to his maintenance, but this is not spoken to their credit. In other words, here I am in Thessalonica with a Thessalonian church, and it's the Philippian church that is there to support me and help me and be there for me. 
Let me close this way. I thought about this, prayed about this, and decided that I would take the opportunity to do this. I want to express to all of you my profound appreciation for your generosity in giving to this ministry, here locally, certainly, but also online globally. Do you know that we, on a weekly basis, receive many tithes and offerings, many gifts, unsolicited? In fact, in order to give, you really got to find out how to do it, because we don't ask for it. You have to go to our website, go to our donate page. In fact, I'll show you how, no, I don't. <laughs> Very convenient. No, it's more convenient now since we redesigned the website. But before it was really hard. You really had to figure out and try to give online or even find the address to mail a check in. But we have so many people that give so cheerfully, so generously. And I just want to say to you, believe me, not many pastors can stand behind the pulpit and say what I'm about to say to you as a church, both locally and online. You guys are givers. You guys are givers. You guys are so generous, and I am so grateful to you. I cannot even thank you enough. It's not that you're giving to me. You're giving as unto the Lord. And that's what I'm thanking you for. One last thought. I would venture to say, and I think you would agree, that none of us, myself included, have any idea just how far-reaching our financial support is for the kingdom. There is going to come a day, and I believe soon and very soon, when we're going to find out. Many writings have been written, many songs have been written about how it is that in glory someone's going to come up to you and say, thank you for giving to the Lord, because if you didn't give, I wouldn't be saved. We lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We can't take it with us, but we can surely send it ahead. And it is a wise man, it is a wise woman that does that. I've heard it said this way, lastly. And this will be the last lastly. I know I said that three lastlies ago. Do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Philippians. We pray the joy of the Lord fills your heart as you move through the rest of your day. We hope you'll take some time to spend with God today. Here at In Spirit and Truth, we always encourage you to revisit the scriptural text you heard on today's teaching and to learn for yourself what the Lord is saying through His Word. Know that we're praying for you as you lean into your relationship with God and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor JD while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor JD's Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor JD updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies in the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in the Bible. You can view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. With the old wind.